0: So you know, if you're if you're still finding you're hungry after you've just eaten like a big meal or something like that, just take a step back and be like, am I actually hungry or what else is going on in my life right now? Am I thinking about something stressful? You know, am I focused on work or something the next day that is stressing me out? Am I lonely right now? Or you know, just trying to really assess those each situation. It's going to be different every time you're hungry. Think, am I feeling those physical hunger cues or is it something that is avoidable? You know, if I just acknowledge things like boredom and loneliness.
1: My name is Leigh Farneson. My brother, Anders, and I are on a mission to help one million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. We firmly believe that the more healthy and fit vegans there are in the world, the faster veganism will spread. Let's work together to inspire change, spread compassion, and challenge the status quo. Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. So as I touched on in a previous episode, when I was scheduled to record this podcast in person during our coaching team week, I actually had COVID, so I wasn't able to make that and I asked Jake, our creative director, to step in and host this episode. So you're in for a treat. Jake is a great podcast host and I think you'll get a lot of value out of this episode. Hope you enjoy.
2: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Vegan Gym Podcast. My name is Jake. I'm the creative director here at the Vegan Gym, and today I'm going to be your guest host. In addition to myself, we also have another guest from our Vegan Superhero Academy, Coach Mark. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So today we're going to be talking about mindful eating, and you have six tips to show us how to use that to improve your life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I know mindfulness is kind of like a buzzword right now and can be really interpreted in a lot of different ways. So I just first wanted to get clear
0: on what is mindful eating and why is it so important? Absolutely. So in essence, mindful eating really just means being fully attentive to your food as you buy it, prepare it, serve it, consume it. Um, It's about paying attention to our food on purpose. moment by moment moment without judgment and is really just an approach that focuses on the individual sensual awareness of the food and their experience of the food. So, you know, it has little to do with an extreme focus on calories, carbohydrates, fat, protein. uh, And the purpose of mindful eating is not to lose weight or lose fat. Although, uh, funny enough, it's highly likely that those who adopt this style of eating will lose weight and lose fat. But the intention here is to help individual savor that moment and savor their food and encourage their full presence for eating and the eating experience Um, and you know so for me as a coach it's it's easy enough to tell a client you know they should be eating certain foods or even that they can eat the foods that they love and get results but i think for a lot of people especially clients who have a difficult relationship with food uh, and, you know, also maybe have, have have disconnect with food and where, you know, where the food comes from and just the notion of healthy food versus unhealthy food. There's a lot of um, gray areas in, in eating and, you know, a lot of negative views around food sometimes with or with a lot of negative views around it, uh, sometimes simply saying, you know, we need to vo- view food as fuel and not the enemy is not enough to change people's opinion uh, on, of food. So i 've been diving in you know learning or diving into it and learning how to really just enjoy the process of eating and valuing that entire experience and finding out why that's so important and yeah since i've been doing this i've noticed drastic benefits in in my health and my digestion as well.
2: yeah, talk a little bit more about your your personal experience with this. was this something that Kind of you gradually came into was there a catalyst that made you say hey i need to focus less on just the calories and kind of the more clinical sense of eating and more on this hey how does my body feel am i being aware of of how i'm eating how i'm preparing like you mentioned what's your personal experience with this
0: yeah absolutely so it's funny because i'm sure as a lot of new vegans find is that you know they come into the vegan space maybe they're eating different foods than before more fiber and, you know, a lot of times you can get things like bloating, indigestion, gas, things like that. And, you know, a lot of people just take that as normal. And it is like to some extent it is normal. You will get some of that, those um, side effects in the beginning. But, you know, even up to up to now, I've been vegan for five years. And I still, if I drink like a smoothie really fast or, you know, eat, eat my food really quickly on the run, I still get those bloating feelings, those, you know, tight stomach, indigestion. And I'm like, there's got to be a way to, you know, better my digestion going forward. And I, you know, taking a step back and thinking of it, I was thinking, you know, eating is something is one of the only things that we do every day, multiple times a day. And why are we not paying more attention to the ways we're eating, the things we're eating, just the process in general, right? Eating, we've never been so disconnected from it. It's the thing that we just, a lot of times we just think, you know, oh, I got to do it. I might have to do it on the run. I might have to do it in my car. I might have to do it, or I might have to skip it all together. And, you know, there's never been this disconnect with eating, but such a disconnect with eating, but it's something that's so crucially important to our, our existence, right? So, Diving a little more into it, um, yeah, I've, I've found the practice of mindful eating, and through that, and through you know some of these tips that I'm going to talk about, uh, I've been just feeling a lot full or a lot fuller, easier with less food, um, and it satiates me a lot more. It makes me feel a lot better. Um, it helps me make even wiser decisions about my food choices as well. And it also, like I mentioned, it gives me it's given me better digestion, less bloating, less gas, things like that.
2: Yeah, it's such a great point. And I think a lot of people, probably myself included, kind of eat unconsciously a lot of the time. Yeah. Oftentimes I may grab something and sit down in front of the TV, watch Netflix, or I'm on my phone or, you know, we're so busy these days. it's It's less of that kind of, when you were younger, you sat around the table with your family and you were more aware of how you were eating. And in today's society, that just, it's a lot harder to do.
0: Absolutely, and you're teeing me up perfectly because I'm going to talk about all these points. So
2: Awesome, awesome. We'll we'll definitely dive into that. Uh, But before we get into maybe some of the practical tips uh, around mindful eating, talk about the difference between mindful eating and intuitive eating because I know that's another term that a lot of people may have heard and it sounds somewhat similar. So what's the difference between those? Can you do them at the same time? Dive into
0: that. Sure, so yeah, with intuitive eating, this is really... Um, just you know, intuitive eating really just requires you to stop looking at food as good or bad, and instead you're listening to your body and what you know, what and what you eat and what feels right for you. So, intuitive eating is more so about the food choices you're making, and you know whether you know that's you're eliminating that good or bad concept around it, and you're just looking at the food choice. Whereas mindful eating is about enhancing the actual eating process itself. So they can absolutely overlap and someone can 100% do both. Uh, I do both, but they are different concepts in that, like I said, mindful eating is the process of eating, whereas intuitive eating is the choices that you're making. Gotcha. So
2: intuitive eating is basically setting up the, I guess, base or the standard for you to then get into mindful eating, Absolutely, <laughs> making yeah. a good choice first, and then how you actually eat that food.
0: Absolutely, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's get practical here. I know that you have six tips to implement mindful eating into your life. So I'd love to start with the first tip on how people can start to implement this into their, their journeys.
0: For sure. So tip number one is really just letting your body catch up to your brain. And this is a super important one. Uh, this really means the notion of eating rapidly, past full, past full and ignoring your body's hunger signals versus slowing down and stopping when your body says it's full. So, you know, slowing down is one of the best ways we can get our mind and body to communicate what we really need for nutrition. And the body actually sends its satiety signals, so, you know, leptin, uh, about 20 minutes after the brain sends its cues, which is why we usually uh, unconsciously overeat. Uh, Basically, our brain might think, you know, we're good, uh, but our body doesn't, uh, our bodies don't think we're full yet, or it's just not at that point. So, you know, if we slow down, we can actually give our body a chance to catch up to our brain and hear those hunger signals to eat the right amount. So in saying that, you know, a simple way to slow down, it's funny, but it might just be, you know, include following some of your grandmother's old manners. So things like sitting down to eat, chewing your bite or chewing each bite like 25 times or more, setting your fork down between bites, all those old manners that, you know, maybe seem pointless at the time maybe not as pointless as they, as they were, as they seemed then. So, you know, all of these things as well can really just help reduce stress. Um, you know, the slower you eat, the less stress, um, the less stress you're under, it helps you focus on the food more and it really just aids dramatically in that digestion of the food.
2: Yeah, I think that's something everyone could probably benefit from. I know myself, I, if I get hungry, I'm, I'm eating fast. Absolutely. And but the thing is, like you, you mentioned, uh, the, the mindfulness part of this is being uh, aware of that. And a lot of times it's just, hey, I'm hungry. I want to get down food quick. I'm busy. So you really have to make that conscious effort to say, hey, we need to slow down, not only because it's just better for, like you said, reducing the stress and some things like that. But at the end of the day, it's going to help us feel the correct fullness sooner so we're not overeating
0: yeah absolutely and i should say that you know a lot of this these tips they're not going to be able to be implemented today or tomorrow like these are things you're going to have to work on you're going to have to listen to your body you're going to need to realize these new cues and just like any habit it takes a while to implement and as i'll touch on a little later you know Um, some of these habits that we're trying to implement are going to be replacing bad habits that we already have. So it's the notion that we have to break these bad habits first before we can start to implement these newer, better habits. And that doesn't happen overnight. And like I said, I've been doing this, especially deep diving into mindful eating for close to a year now. And I'm still finding myself trying to, you know, be mindful of these, of some of these tips that I've, I'll go through. Yeah. What would you say is the
2: first step to really bring consciousness to even breaking those bad habits and starting step one?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So really it's just acknowledging that they exist. Uh, A lot of people think that, you know, my eating's fine. I'm eating like healthy. I'm eating three meals a day. Uh, Everything's good, but really just acknowledging the fact that, you know, okay, maybe there is room for improvement. And like I said, for me, I didn't think there was room for improvement either. When I first started looking into this, I was like, I'm eating healthy. I'm eating vegan. I'm eating nutritious food. I'm eating mostly whole food. But then as I started looking into this, I'm like, oh yeah, I do that. Oh yeah, I do that too. Okay. I'd also do that. It's like, maybe this is why my digestion isn't as good as it as it could be or as, as I want it to be. Right. And so just really that first step is acknowledging that. Yeah, you might be making again this ties back into intuitive eating. We might be making those choices we might be trying to be a little more intuitive with our eating, but or making like tracking, even like things like tracking our macros or making the good choices, but are we the actual process of eating? What are we doing when we sit down to eat or stand up to eat or eat on the run? What are we doing to actually give our body the best chance to digest and process the food that we're t- taking in? And so, yeah, it's not it wasn't until I started deep diving a little into this that I found I'm not doing a lot of this stuff and i yeah. need to better it
2: well i guess this could be your first step if you're listening to this podcast and yeah, yeah. you hear any, <laughs> anything that coach mark is saying and you're relating and saying hey i do that and i do that well there you go this is your first step and hopefully this podcast will help you make some of those changes so
0: let's dive into the second tip absolutely so uh tip number two is really just knowing your body's personal hunger signals, and this ties a little bit back into the first one but this one really is talking about are you responding to an emotional want or are you responding to your body's actual needs? And this is where you just need to wait and listen for those satiation signals. So often, like I explained, we listen to our minds first. Uh, but with, like many mindfulness practices, we get uh, or we might discover you know even more wisdom by tuning into our bodies first and listening to our, what our bodies are telling us. So rather than just eating when we get emotional signals, which you know could be different for all of us, so things like stress eating, eating when you're sad, eating when you're frustrated, eating when you're lonely, uh, which is a big one, or boredom, which is probably the biggest one when you're, you know, just chilling on that couch watching Netflix and you're just, you want something to eat, right? But do you actually need it is the other question. So if we can, you know, uh, discern between that and, you know, listening to our physical bodies, that is the next step. So really, you know, when we talk about physical hunger cues, is your stomach growling? Are you a little low in energy? You know, maybe you're less able to focus on a task or whatever you know, whatever it is you're doing. Um, These these things are your body basically telling you, okay, I need some fuel to you know refuel myself and keep going. And so, um, these are what we call physical hunger cues, and this is what we actually should be listening to, and not the emotional ones. And again, this one is a difficult one to break because a lot of us, you know, we do eat when we're bored, we do eat when we're lonely, we do eat when we're stressed. And so this is a tough one to break. And these are one of those habits that I mentioned that you have to kind of realize these emotional hunger cues first and these emotional triggers before you can start to implement listening to your actual body telling you when it's when it's full hungry, right? So again, uh, we often eat when our mind tells us to, not when our bodies tell us to. So true mindful eating in that sense is just listening deeply to those body to the body for actual hunger signals. So, you know, ask yourself. What are your body's hunger signals? Maybe you've got some, like, you know, maybe your stomach growls every time you get a little hungry or maybe you get a little lightheaded or whatever your, your actual body's hunger signals are. Try to discern those first and then say, okay, I've got these. Now, what are my actual emotional hunger triggers? Mm-hmm. Do I eat when I'm bored? Do I eat when I'm stressed? Some people stop eating when they're stressed. So it's not going to be the same for everyone, but trying to figure out when you eat, uh, when you eat. And like, this is a cool thing about it, if you're following something like a meal plan, because you know, you know, if you're on a meal plan, whether you're in a cut or a build or a maintenance, you know, depending on your goals, you should be able to eat this amount of calories and still, you know, get results. So if you're eating outside of those calories, you know, obviously if you're in a cut, it's going to be a little different. You're going to want to eat a little more anyway. But list if you're able to discern those, am I like eating right now because I'm hungry or because I'm actually just bored or like lonely or you know a little bit stressed about whatever? If you're able to discern between those. Uh, you're going to have a much better chance of setting yourself up for success in the future. So learning how to break those bad habits and then replace them with, you know, listening to our body.
2: Yeah. What's a way that you can bring awareness to even just making that choice in the moment? Let's say you're going to eat and typically you're just eating from an unconscious place and you're not even in the, the right frame of mind to say, Hey, how's my body feeling? How's my mind feeling? You just find yourself kind of unknowingly putting your hand in the, the bag of potato chips and just eating. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, you're like, what did I just do? Yep. Is there any tips or tricks that you can kind of do to bring awareness to even making that, that good choice in the first place?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk about this a little further as well, but in, in my later points, but the big thing we have to realize is that food has never been so easily accessible as it is right now. Right. We can just I mean, it's not even like we have to go to the grocery store anymore we can literally type it in our, our apps and order food to our door and so just realizing that we're coming from a place right now where our bodies are not used to being able to be you know just eat at, the, at whatever times we want whatever times a day night anything so realizing that this is not um this is not normal and this is not the way we've you know evolved as humans is to have food on the ready constantly uh, is a big thing, It's a big, a big first step, just realizing that, you know, okay, just because I have food available doesn't mean I actually need to eat it, right? And so, yeah, it's, it's it can be a little difficult to look at, you know, that bag of chips and be like, do I actually need that? But, you know, what have you been doing for the last few hours? Have you just been sitting down, watching tv uh did you just eat and you know if you just ate and you're you're hungry again already are you actually hungry right like so thinking about how you're timing your meals uh and you know instead of maybe having three big meals a day maybe space your calories out so you have like six meals a day and so you know if you're if you're still finding you're hungry after you've just eaten like a big meal or something like that just take a step back and be like am i actually hungry or what else is going on in my life right now am i thinking about something stressful you know, am I focused on work or something the next day that is stressing me out? Am I, I just see something online or watch a movie that made me feel like sad or, you know, frustrated or am I lonely right now? Or, you know, and like I said, boredom is one of the biggest ones. Like you take a step back and like, yeah, I'm, I'm just bored eating. And we all can almost like yeah. attest to that. It's like, oh uh, yeah, I'm just eating because I, I want to sit down and have a bag of chips and I'm not doing anything else, right? So just trying to really assess those each situation. It's going to be different situation by situation, but just every time you're hungry, Think is it? Am I feeling those physical hunger cues, or is it something that is avoidable? You know, if I just structure my day differently, or you know, acknowledge things like boredom and loneliness.
2: Yeah, and I think like there's some also some really practical stuff you can do to kind of start thinking about that. Even if you just maybe set an alarm on your phone at the same time every day and say, "Hey, when this alarm goes off, I'm going to think about the choices I made today." And just the more you do that, you the more you bring it into practice, the easier it becomes in the moment to just immediately those thoughts instead of being from that
0: unconscious place absolutely man yeah so let's dive into tip number three for sure so tip number three is really just uh, cultivating a mindful kitchen and a mindful eating environment so you know another way that we eat uh, mindlessly is just by wandering around kind of like we talked about wandering around looking through those cabinets eating random times random places rather than thinking proactively about our meals and our snacks. So this prevents us from you know really developing that healthy environmental cue about what to eat, how much to eat, and it wires our brains for new cues and for new eating patterns that are not always ideal. So we you know we see this a lot with people getting coffee every time they go somewhere in the car. You know, obviously caffeine's addictive, yeah, but you know that habit or that association has been formed between the car and a coffee or a snack. Or, you know, same for people who eat pizza on on their couch every Friday night or ice cream in their bed. You know, that habit is formed and once it's formed, like I said before, these are very tough habits to break and especially when it comes to food and, you know, food being such an intimate experience and it gives us a lot of dopamine, it gives us, you know, all those chemicals, those hormones firing. When we associate habits with these things, um, they're difficult to break. So, we got to be careful of, you know, what food habits are we, you know, are we are we implementing on a day to day basis? So again, yeah, like we all snack from time to time, um, but it can really just boost your body's mind, or sort your uh, both your mind and your body's health. Not to mention, you know, greatly helping your mood, your sleep schedule. To really just eat at consistent times and consistent places. So yeah, that means you know sitting down at, at a table if possible, putting food on a plate or in a bowl, um, not eating it out of the container or Tupperware using utensils and you know with that as well also it also really helps to eat with others so you know as not then are you you only sharing uh, and getting some healthy connection but you also slow down and can enjoy that food and the conversation more Uh, and with that you know we also take a lot of cues from our dinner partner as well which is cool and so if they're not someone who's you know under eating or over eating out of emotion then you probably won't either so if you're someone you know who emotionally eats or overeats eating with this dinner partner can be really beneficial as you know you're going to adapt to their eating cues and having a mindful kitchen um, also means that we know we're organizing and caring for your kitchen space so that it encourages healthy eating and nourishing gatherings so again just consider what foods are you bringing into your kitchen and where are you putting those foods in your kitchen are healthy foods handy you know, what kinds of foods are in sight. As soon as you open that fridge, what's the first thing that's hitting you in the face or those cupboards? What's the first thing that's staring back at you? So when food is around, we eat it. And like I said, humans, for the most part, we're lazy. We want, you know, the quickest thing. And that's why things like Uber Eats and all these, you know, massive, like uh, easy food services. They're so, you know, it's easy for us to just dive into them because it's just like, I don't have to cook, I don't have to prep, I don't have to clean up, and so we're lazy. So when food's around, it doesn't matter if it's healthy, if it's unhealthy, we're gonna eat it. So you know, make sure that uh, the right choices are the easiest ones to make.
2: Yeah, it's such a great point. And, and Leif talks about the the grocery cart rule uh, where whatever's in your grocery cart is gonna get eaten. Yeah. So that's something that I have to practice to help keep me more mindful is to just not buy those snacks because I'm a snacker. And it's very easy for me to just, And, and I even think that I'm aware that I'm doing it, but I just don't seem to care for some reason. And I can just eat a whole bag of chips. So for me, the, the biggest thing I can do is to not have that in my kitchen. And that's such a great point because let's say you have some fresh fruit out or you have something on hand to really make a quick smoothie or something that's going to align with your health and fitness goals. It's like creating that, creating less friction between you and what's needed to be done to achieve your goals Helps a ton to just implement healthy habits.
0: Yeah, you, you nailed it, man. And that's the thing, too, is that, you know, again, just understanding where you're coming from right, with, with your food choices. So, for someone like you, like you said, you might not be able to have this food even in the house because if it's there, it's going to get eaten. Whereas some people might be able to bring certain foods and cravings and like unhealthier foods into their house. They might have to hide it at the back of the cupboards. Yeah, but. You know, they're not going to be that one to dig through the cupboard to pull it out. You know It depends on your relationship with that certain food. Yeah. And so some people might have to go through that approach where in the beginning, yeah, they just don't bring the food into the house and they bring healthier, more nutritious foods in. And then other people might be a little more able to be like, yeah, I can bring it in. I'm not going to eat it all, but I'm going to put it somewhere that I'm not, it's not going to be easily accessible. So again, it's just trying to find where you are on that spectrum. And there's nothing wrong with being on either end. It's just, we're trying to set yourself up and your kitchen up for that, you know, that easiest route possible. And what's, what's the easiest thing that's hitting you in the face when you go to your fridge or to your cabinets. Yeah. Such a great point. Well, let's dive into the next one. uh, Tip number four. Yeah, for sure. So this one's a big one too. And it's understanding just your motivations behind eating. So again, this kind of ties into eating foods that are emotionally comforting versus the foods that are nutritionist, nutrition nutritionally healthy. So again, this is a tricky balance as well. But ideally, we want to find foods that are nourishing, but are also satisfying and comforting. So, and not just one or the other. So for example, uh, some people might find like Oreo Oreos, A very comforting food for them, myself included. Uh, Whereas something like an apple, you know, that's always gonna be a little more nutritious. But when we slow down and eat healthy whole foods like fruits, veggies, things like that, uh, we do find that we actually enjoy them more. So, a good example of this is meal prepping when you're hungry, or even like grocery shopping when you're hungry, which many of us do. So, at the time, you might feel, you know, a little more inclined to eat or prep an unhealthier snack or buy on healthier groceries, depending on how hungry you are, or at least feel a little less excited to be prepping healthy whole foods or buying healthy whole foods. But again, think of how good it actually tastes when you're eating it that night or the next night. Um, Again, we usually actually enjoy healthy whole foods much, much more than the stories we tell ourselves about them. So, you know, as a practice, uh, as we practice, you know, eating healthier and greater variety of foods as well, We're also much less inclined to binge on these comfort foods, so to speak. And, you know, and we're much more inclined to enjoy these healthier foods. So really, it's ultimately just finding many foods uh, that are mentally and physically satisfying as opposed to just a few. Yeah. and, And I think another point to add is that you can really
2: learn how to make healthy foods taste a lot better. Absolutely. Just through seasoning, through different cooking techniques. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be, Hey, this is healthy food. This is the way it is. There's plenty of creative ways that you can make it taste better and make it more to your preference. And what I found is that eating healthier, more consistently, I come to have more of an appreciation for the healthy foods and I tend to crave them more. Um, and my taste buds expand and I'm open to, to new food. So I think it's really important to, Maybe pick some healthy meals that you really enjoy and learn how you can season them properly, prepare them properly, and then start to expand into other realms. And you'll find that, oh, wow, I can actually make so many different healthy meals that taste great. It doesn't have to be this, like, oh, hey, chips are good and apples are nutritious. It's like, like you said, finding that middle ground.
0: Yeah. And that's a really good point. And like, so something like, you know, if so you have like an ice cream, fixation or something and you just want you crave ice cream all the time that doesn't mean we're, we're going to say oh, yeah you should go from eating ice cream to like you know picking up some celery and eating it right we're not, <laughs> it's not that approach it's like well you love ice cream but you can make pretty damn good nutritious ice cream with you know bananas some frozen bananas some protein powder and make like some banana and ice cream or something right and, and get that same that same you know those same uh, dopamine signals activating and you're just like damn this tastes really good but but it's a lot healthier. So it's trying to find those healthier alternatives. And that might be for some people, they might be able to switch off and you know, eat fruits, veggies, and just start rewiring their taste buds to enjoy it. Whereas other people might need this more slow approach. And instead of going out and ordering a pizza from a, a restaurant, make their own homemade pizza where you can control what you put on it, you know, how how healthy, how nutritiously dense it is. So it's always just trying to find again where you are in that spectrum and you know what makes the most sense for you.
2: Yeah. I think that's why some of the mock meats and stuff are a great transition product for people who are just coming into the vegan lifestyle because they are healthier options, but they do give you kind of a middle ground to start with. Um, that's not too far, too far away from what you're used to, um, you know, transitioning into this new lifestyle and eating vegan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mock meats are one of the things I gravitated towards in the beginning. I didn't even eat a lot of, um, I never ate any red meat, but it was just cool to be able to have this like well, I can eat like anything that anyone else is eating and not feel guilty about it, right? So it's, yeah, it's trying to find even those transition foods that are able to, you know, easier push you towards that that, um, that notion of healthier and more nutritious foods. And there's no timeline on that. We don't need to set a timeline of like, you know, in two weeks, you got to stop eating this stuff and just move to healthy whole foods. But it's what little tips can we make and tricks like you know having banana ice cream instead of ice cream one night like what little things can we do to start slowly implementing healthier more nutritiously dense foods yeah such a great point uh, let's dive into the next one so tip number five yeah absolutely so tip number five is really just attending to your plate so this one's a big one as well and something that i haven't still been guilty of and one of those tips i'm really still trying to uh, nail down so this is distracted eat- eating versus just eating and so really, you know, don't overcrowd your mind with too much stimulation when you, when you eat. So as you start to do so, it actually makes it that much more difficult to listen to your body's internal satiety cues. So multitasking and eating is really just a recipe for not being able to listen deeply to our body's needs and our wants. And, you know, we've all had that experience of maybe, uh, you know, going to the movies, starting off with this full extra large bag of popcorn and before pre- uh, the previews are even over, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? You, you, Before the previews are over, we're asking, okay, who the hell ate all the popcorn, yeah. right? And when we when we get distracted, it just becomes that much harder to actually listen to our body's signals about food and our other needs and even, you know, the, the rate at which we eat. So, with your next meal, um, I challenge you just, you know, try single tasking and just just eating Uh, or, you know, sitting down with that person, that one person that can help, you know, slow the eating down. So this means, you know, no screens, uh, no TV, no phones, uh, no distractions besides just enjoying you, the food and the company or anyone who you're sharing this meal with. So uh, it's funny because uh, researchers researchers have actually found that the more distractions you add in, Uh, or that you might have going on during, you know, mealtime or when snacking, the less satisfaction you actually get from eating that meal, regardless of how good the meal is. So think about how this might influence you to want to eat or snack again later if, you know, you don't even, uh, even if you don't need it because, you know, simply because you haven't enjoyed or fully enjoyed your last meal. And when you easily could have done so if you just weren't so distracted. And I often think about, you know, going to these restaurants where, uh, when I was in Europe a few weeks ago, I was, you know, eating at this restaurant and the music was so loud and it was just like such just, you know, the TVs were on and blaring and there was so many people. And I ate and after I ate, I'm like, I if like, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm like, what did I have at that restaurant? Like, I can't <laughs> even remember what I really ate. I was like, I don't even remember how it tasted. I was just like eating so quickly. The environment was really just like cultivating that rapid eating. Whereas you go to like a fancy restaurant, which is why we love fancy restaurants so much, because it's not even the food. Sometimes the food is not even that great, but it's, it's that whole experience where you mm-hmm. go, it's a slower pace. You know, the waiter comes, you got like 20 minutes between maybe your appetizer and your food. You're sitting across from your partner, you got some candles lit. It's this much more calm relaxation. You leave this restaurant and you're like... That was a really good meal, but it might have been the same meal you had at this other restaurant. But it's just the fact of the eating environment was so polar polarized, right? So having that that mindfulness behind where am I eating and what is what else is going on around me that might be distracting me while I'm eating.
2: Yeah, so it sounds like there's kind of a compound effect in if you're doing one meal where you're not being present. Um, and that's kind of not making you as satisfied as you could be. Then it's just going to lead into the next meal, and it kind of can just be throughout your whole day.
0: Absolutely. And dinner time, you know, again, like a lot of us will eat. Maybe we eat breakfast while we're getting ready for work, and then we're distracted by work throughout the day. Maybe we have a lunch break, but then dinner time comes, and this is where you know no one sits down as a family really anymore to eat. You might sit, watch TV, playing on your, like you're pl- catching up on all your message messages from the day on your phone. You know, watching TV while you're doing so. And so think of how that you know influences your choices later on that night. And a lot of people will find that as they go through the night or you know, after dinner, they're like, yeah, I'm hungry before bed. Like, I just really want a snack. And it's mostly, you know, there's going to be different reasons for it. But a big one is, like, did you actually pay attention to your meal when you sat down to eat that meal where you're like scarfing it down while you're trying to answer emails or on your way home, you know, just eating in the car, trying to, you know, get to your next thing. And so if we can just slow down and enjoy every meal, uh, meal by meal, we're far less likely to want to snack and binge and eat in between meals. And just, you know, again, let's just listening to our body for our, 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 physical hunger cues.
2: Yeah, it's so true. We're society now is just crazy with how distracted we are with our phones and, and mindless scrolling. And I'm certainly 100% guilty of it, but, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, again, coming back to that, that awareness and understanding, Hey, what, what's my environment right now? How am I feeling? How am I eating? and just being aware to make those
0: healthy choices. Yeah. So let's talk about the last tip. Absolutely. So this one is really just, and this is a really cool one. This is one of the ones that I got into a little later on, but I think is one of the most important ones, which is why I wanted to finish with it. And this is just connecting more deeply with your food. And it sounds a little funny, but it's really just considering where your food comes from as opposed to or versus just thinking of your food as this end product. So, you know, unless you're a hunter-gatherer or a sustenance farmer, we've, again, like I mentioned before, we've all never been more disconnected from our food as we have in recent years, right? So many of us don't even consider where our meal comes from beyond that supermarket packaging. And this is a huge loss because eating offers this incredible opportunity to connect us more deeply to the natural world and the elements uh, elements and to one another. So You know, when we pause to consider all the people who may have been involved in a meal uh, that's arrived on your plate from, you know, the loved ones or even like yourself, if you cooked it or prepared it to, you know, the ones who stocked the shelves, um, those who planted and harvested the raw ingredients to those who supported them. It's hard not to feel, you know, both grateful and really just interconnected in a much bigger way. Um, So, you know, being mindful of the water, the soil. Um, all the other elements that were part of its creation as you sit down to eat whatever it is you're eating. And you know maybe you just had something as simple as like a mock meat and veggie sandwich on your plate and you just, you know, it's like, well, it's just a sandwich. But, you know, you take a step back, where did the bread come from? Where were all these veggies grown? All of those ingredients in that mock deli slice, you know, in between the sandwich, how many things or how many farms, how many people had to come together to create this one product and you know you put all that together it's it's, it's a pretty enlightening experience right so uh, and then you can also reflect on you know cultural traditions that brought you this food as well so you know, recipes that were shared from your friends or brought from a distant place or distant, you know, land uh, to be handed down in the family. And as you consider everything that goes into the meal that you're eating, it becomes really just effortless to experience, you know, and express gratitude to all the people who gave their time, their effort, uh, the elements of the universe that contributed to, you know, to their, or that contributed their share. Um, Our friends, our ancestors who shared these recipes and passed them down, uh, and just how fortunate we are to be eating this right now three times a day, right? So with just a little more mindfulness like this, uh, we may begin to, you know, make wiser choices about sustainability as well. And then also in turn, uh, make wiser choices about our health um, in not just our food and not just for us, uh, but for the whole planet as well.
2: Wow, man, that's uh, some deep stuff. Thanks, man. That's probably why the home cooked meals prepared by your family, you know, whether it's uh, Thanksgiving or whatever it is, always tastes so much better. Yeah, if it's made with love, especially if it's good ingredients too, then <laughs> you can you
0: can taste the love, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share about mindful eating and how people can implement this into their life?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and again, it's this is something like I said. It's just going to be it's a time, it's a timely process. It doesn't happen overnight, uh, but like all good things, they take time, right? So just start addressing even to begin. What of these? You know, what which of these six are the most problematic? Is it the distracted eating? Is it just you know you're we're not you're not as connected as deeply with the food that you're eating? Um, you know, is it emotional eating versus physical? Uh, physical, you know, actual body, bodily hunger, those kinds of things. And just assessing which of these may be the most problematic for you right now. And then just going from there. So, you say, okay, maybe for me, it's not, um, you know, maybe the, my biggest thing is distracted eating. And again, that's probably mine is distracted eating. So, I, I, when I sit down for dinner now, I'm like, okay, how can I make myself as least distracted as possible? Sometimes for me, that just means going out and taking some Deep breaths of fresh air before I eat. Uh, coming in, putting my phone or shutting it off, putting it off to the side. Trying not to have a TV on. If I'm not eating with someone, I'll try to make those other conscious decisions of like you know putting my fork down between bites or chewing my food more. And so for me, it's really just been about trying to focus on that one single thing for right now, just that distracted eating. And as you start to develop better habits around that, maybe you can start to think, okay, now how how are my physical hunger cues? Um, how am I paying attention to them versus how am I paying attention to like my emotional hunger triggers? And you can just start to build this, you know, this foundation and then start to slowly and slowly add on to it as you go along uh, in your journey.
2: Awesome. All fantastic tips. Appreciate you so much for being on the show today, Coach Mark. Um, hope you guys got a ton of value from this episode and we will see you on the next one. Thanks, Thanks. man. I appreciate it.
1: To get access to some of our best content for free, head over to vegangym.com. We've got tons of articles and guides to help you burn stubborn body fat, build lean muscle, and supercharge your health. You can even use our vegan nutrition calculator for free to figure out how much protein, calories, and micronutrients your body needs. Get started right now at TheVeganGym.com.